And his whole premise is that there is no such thing as, constitutionally. There's no such thing as a limited convention for the proposing of amendments. You are listening to And If Love Remains, a unique show spotlighting people, ideas, science, culture, and art. Your host, Mike Lovett. Mike Lovett. Rachel, you are listening to that great podcast in the sky. I am that wonderful host floating down like a Henry Kissinger angel, just floating down to accept all those happy babies into heaven. Hey, yes, this is Mike Levitt, your host, and we have on the line today the great, the constitutional uh, law scholar at the John Birch Society, Dr. Joey Wolverton. Welcome back to the show, brother. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. Good to have you here today. I know that uh, the the minute that Henry Kissinger shuffled off this mortal coil, I know that Satan began to worry about his job security. <laughs> That's right, man. He was like, "Oh my!" You know, I did a. I'm doing a video later today because I, you know, WikiLeaks. You know, the whole Julian Assange thing is a crime against humanity, yeah. but. He, uh, WikiLeaks on the, you know, when he died, when Kissinger died, put up there one of the leaked uh, conversations that he had. And um, just, I'll repeat it for you. So Kissinger says, so this is from a, a, a cable that WikiLeaks, you know, obtained, right? A diplomatic cable that they obtained. Kissinger says, before the Freedom of Information Act, I used to say at meetings, the illegal we do immediately, the unconstitutional takes a little longer. Ha ha ha. But since the Freedom of Information Act, I'm afraid to say things like that. Yeah. And he was a hero, man. So many Republicans thought he was such a patriot, such a, you know, um, rah rah, you know, kill them all, let God sort them out kind of thing, yep. you know. Well, you know, and, it's funny. So many. I was thinking about this today as I was driving home. I was thinking about like you know how us on the right, um, or those on the right. Let me say it that way: those on the right, rightfully, just rag on um, uh, what's his name, Carl Schwab or Schwab, the the uh, Klaus Schwab, and just oh, yeah. say you know what an evil guy that is and all that. And he is like like his ideas are flat out evil, right? But you know. <clears throat> He, I, I don't think he's killed anybody. I don't think so. His ideas may have, but I don't think he has. Where I think we can directly say that the left has a good case against Henry Kissinger and the and the murders that that dude committed at yeah, the behest I, of the American people. Yeah, I can't imagine his reception when his spirit left his body. It's at that's the, what is the why is it so hot here? Why am I hot? Why is it hot yeah. where I am? <laughs> right. Because you're in hell. Why am I in hell? I did so many. I killed so many Asians. Why am I in hell? Well, that's well, why you're in hell. Yeah. I, and by the way, I, I just want to, I, I, man. And this isn't why I had you on, but it just it fires me up because it. it I called him on on Facebook uh, yesterday, the Godfather of the American Empire. 
Um, yeah. And I don't know if that's technically no, true. I would say I, that's I would say that's pretty accurate. And and it, it's that you know, and people think like being a part of an empire is mm-hmm. is a good thing, you know, for the world, for democracy, for the American people, and it's not good for anything. It is not good for the world. More people are are murdered by empires than anybody else. You know, it's not good for democracy because you know yeah. there's no such thing as it. And then it's not good for us because we're we get we're poor because of it. It's you're gonna, so you're gonna think it's a good thing until the goths come tearing down the place, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, yeah, that's the way that's, it's gonna go. But anyway, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah, the devil today is getting his resume ready because Kissinger's down there taking over. <laughs> that's right. Well. Joey, t- talk to me. Um, I-, I wanted to bring you on. Um, there's been some stuff going, um, and and something that I didn't realize, and and we briefly talked about it on on the episode before that, that re- is regarding to Article Five. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I've noticed that that the John Birch Society has put out some great video videos. You're part of some of them. Other people are part of others. Some great informational uh, videos about article five and why it's a, it's a bad idea for us to do it. One thing I didn't realize is how, uh, bloody close we are to having that, that recommendation go through. Okay. Well, that's the thing, Mike, people say that we are, but we really aren't. If here's the problem, here's the problem. And there's a really good article, uh, by a Duke law professor published in the Yale law school journal, um, <clears throat> where he goes through and he, and this is not a, a, a you know, it, it's not anti-Article 5 uh, propaganda. This is a, a scholarly article from a Duke law professor published in the Yale Law Journal. So it's, it's, it does not have the stink of, you know, uh, propaganda on it. It's, it's a okay. scholarly piece. And he, he goes through there and he says, you know, and his whole premise is that there is no such thing as, constitutionally. There's no such thing as a limited convention for the proposing of amendments. And he's and he goes through systematically saying, "Here's why." And the biggest reason why, Mike, and and I challenge any of your listeners who are in favor of Article Five to go over to the Convention of States because they're they're the biggest proponent. You will notice one glaring, one glaring deficiency in all of their stuff. They never cite Article 5. Because the one thing, the only, if you're going to do one thing that sort of makes you question this narrative that's been crafted by a convention of states, if you're going to do one thing, read Article 5 and you'll notice, well, the phrase convention of states isn't there. And so... One of the proponents, one of the big wigs at COS as well, the Supreme Court used that. Of all the people to cite, if you're, you know, a conservative, a constitutionalist, don't be citing the Supreme Court at me. So why and why invent it? Why not just call it what the Constitution calls it, a convention for proposing amendments? Why, why do we have to invent new phrases? And all I'm saying is everything they say, Mike, literally, and I have a an article coming up in the next couple of days in uh, Epic Times that refutes every little thing they claim because it's all fantasy. I, yeah. It's all fantasy. I'll, I'll give you the uh, exclusive. I call, I talk about in the article, I say I'm 
uh, pulling back the curtain from the Wizard of Cos, you know, COS. And so I'm like, because they're just making things up. And so when it comes to people saying, like, I saw an email from a lady today and she's all worked up that they're about to get the convention. I'm like, this will not happen. It, it might happen, but not happen the way you think, because th- constitutionally speaking, there's no limiting of the con- of the convention. Okay. Uh, Constant Article Five does not does not create does not uh, does not describe does not set forth a process of calling a limited convention. It does not do that, Mike. And so, so many of these applications are void are void on their face, as we say in the law, because they say. We want a convention for balancing the federal budget. Well, that application doesn't get counted. We want a convention for establishing term limits. Well, that application is scrapped, void, right? So it's not as close as people think. It's, it, it needs to be fought against, and I'm spending most of my time every day now fighting against it. But it isn't as... I'm telling you, people need to just... They need to read, first of all, read Article 5, read what it really says, because one of the things the COS people say, one of the things the the pro-convention people say is, well, this is our way to bypass Congress. Really? Because Congress gets to call the convention. Now, yes, if they receive the requisite number of applications, they, they must call, shall call the convention. Okay. I don't know about you, but do you think Congress is just going to s- sit there with a simple calculator and some applications to go one, two? Right. No, they're going to fight it. Yeah. And they're going to drag it out. It's liable to go. Are these applications, do they qualify constitutionally? Will be something decided in a decade by the Supreme Court. This government that pro article 5 people rightly say is so in the article that I'm refuting he's like the federal government is a mess well you know what that's the lead story in this month's edition of dumb magazine right right we all know that the problem is that same messed up government is the one you're looking to to correct a messed up government it ain't gonna happen yeah and that's and i i think have I, you I, heard I, of I, interventions right how many alcoholics walk into rehab Hey man, I got a real problem. I'm here to help. How how many do that? Very yeah, few. Very few. You have an interve- well, nullification is intervention, my man. Yeah. And we can do that and we could literally do it tomorrow. You've got the head of COS saying, yeah, this could take 10 to 25 years. In 25 years, this country will be unrecognizable. Right. And I think that's that's the problem. So and 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 um not to give the devil his due, but to understand where people who support it, maybe some, you know, why, why people would be inclined to support it. You know, it's true. As you said, it, the front cover of Dumb Magazine is that the federal government's out of control. Um, that are seemingly on a daily basis, you're seeing uh, the, the tyrants in Washington, you know, overstepping their bounds, 
Yeah. Um, whether that be through police action, whether that be through war, whether that be through taxation. I mean, we could we could cite, you know, thing after thing after thing, and people are right. tired of it. They're sick of it, and they want to see change. And I don't know about you, but but one of the questions that I I would receive a lot or get a lot is is well, what am I supposed to do about it? You know, we're all talking about the problem. What am I supposed to do? And so these Article Five people come along and say, well, here's a here's a solution, but the problem is it's not a solution. It's it's a it's it opens up such a bigger can of worms. It's a cure that's worse than the disease. Yeah, I mean, it's like I tell people: look, if you if you developed a a cancerous tumor in your leg, would you rather doctor use a scalpel or a chainsaw? An Article Five convention is a chainsaw. I'm saying that. We haven't used the scalp. Let's try. Maybe we can't. Maybe the cancer has metastasized so much we can't save the leg. Maybe. Let's have a go at it, though. Let's let the doctor go in there with the scalpel and try to remove the cancerous tissue and save the healthy tissue. We haven't done that. Y'all are calling for the dropping of an atomic bomb when we haven't even fired a single missile. Relax. And if and let's if, try it, and if you're going to keep looking to Washington to fix Washington, we're going to keep having this discussion year after year after year because they are an alcoholic who denies they have a problem. Our only hope is intervention. Our only hope is forcing them into rehab. And the way we do that is by the use of state legislators, not state legislators calling for some convention that may or may not happen and a convention that could end up like the convention of 1787, giving us an entirely new constitution and an entirely new form of government. When they say there's no fear of a runaway convention, they are lying. They are purposefully deceiving their followers, Mike. It's not they're mistaking history, right? That's not the issue. They are lying. Because you can simply look, here's the congressional resolution authorizing a convention, here's the predetermined rules, here's the subject matter, and day one, thrown out the window. Day one. That's just a historical fact that they like to ignore, and the way they do that is make sure their supporters never read Article 5. Never read it. Because then they can say things like, Congress has no role. Congress decides who ratifies it. Right. And they say, the people. Guess what two words don't appear in it? The people. Yes, you can have indirect uh, influence through your state legislators. Sure. Good luck with all that because every state I know is nosing around trying to get a better spot at the trough to, you know, the federal trough. I don't know a single state that isn't. And, and, you if, you, and if you think about the people who would – who would go to such a convention? If you think about, you know, even Come the you on, know, Republicans, Mike. if you think about the people that would go, we're talking about it, 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 it turns into such an oligarchy where everybody's going to get a, you know, want a piece of their, uh, of their little fiefdom. Yes. Yeah. Two things. Number one. So the COS people say, well, we had a simulated convention and there was no problem like that. Yeah. Filled with handpicked delegates who pre, who already, you knew supported your your uh, project do you think that's gonna do they had all of them republicans from illinois do you think illinois there will be no republicans from illinois at that and guess what the constitution doesn't say 
how many delegates you get to send, who gets to pick the delegates. Does the governor do it? Does the governor? It doesn't. It's silent. It's silent. The governor. Maybe you maybe Gavin Newsom gets to choose him for California. There you go. Maybe, you know, if the state government, Illinois, gets to choose him, you're going to. What about New York? Guess who New York's going to send Hillary Clinton for sure. Yep. Oh, she's, you know, oh, no, they're, they're going to send 300 Hillary Clintons. Yeah. And you don't know. And there's no, and this is what I'm saying, Mike, this is the part that CEO, COS loves to, it's the, the silent part that they just think they can ignore, but we're the John Birch society has been screaming this from the rooftops. Read article five. This thing is not what you're being told it is because all of it, all of this procedure, who chooses the delegates, how many you can choose, all of that silent in the Constitution. And if it's silent, guess what? You can guarantee that tyranny is going to fill that vacuum. Yep. And you're going to have people like New York, exactly. New York, it's going to be a popularity contest of who can be the most, the weirdest progressive. Al Sharpton. Hillary Clinton. I mean, think of George Soros, Bill Gates, Gavin Newsom. And and even if if you think about a state like Arizona, you know, if if, if John McCain was alive, we would send John John McCain. McCain. If John McCain were alive, uh, you'd have John McCain. You'd have um, what's Mitt Romney. Uh, Oh, Mitt Romney will be coming from. Oh, you can you can right now bet your farm that Mitt Romney will be representing Utah. You can. Put it down right now. Mitt Romney representing Utah, Arizona. I, I don't know who they who they choose because Arizona is such a mess right now politically. It's such a mess. <laughs> and, but every I mean, who I mean, even Tennessee. If you say someone like, "Well, our governor is conservative," no, he isn't. Right? No, he he just accepted a hundred and fifty billion from the feds to increase the police officers in school. Right. To uh, to surveillance in the schools. I mean, this is no concern, but he'll be put forth as a conservative that will, you know. But how many? Like you say, what if New York? There's nothing to stop New York from sending 300 Hillary Clintons to that right. convention. There's nothing. And and the second they see, and the second that Florida decides to send 350, they're sending 400. It's and this is what I'm saying. This is all the things. That the COS purposefully ignores and they beat, they pound, and you being a musician, you know, they pound one note. The people, the people, the people, the people, the people, the people, the people have no say in this. None. Zero, Mike. Zero say. I, I'm sorry. This isn't a democracy. It's a republic. There will be, your say is indirect through the election of your state legislators. Good luck with that. Because so, it's gotten us so, such a great place now. Right. I mean. Since the Constitution was written, the states have been empowered explicitly to stand as a barrier to interpose between the federal government and the people, and they've done nothing. Every single one of them have been derelict in duty in that in that regard. Oh, every single every, all every 50 one states. And, every and, one of them. And there's and and you know, and at the end of the day, Joey, and you know this, you're, you're actually the one that, that has been the, the biggest promoter of this. 
the end of the day, it's our fault. At the end of the yeah. day, at the end of the day, it's us that allowed state legislatures that, that put in state legislatures to allow um, them to suck at the teat of the federal mm-hmm. government and allow them to dictate and bring in their ATF people and bring in their, their IRS people and bring in their COVID people and bring in all these people that are there to suppress their people. And they do it just because of the love of money and the love of power. Yeah, there's that, that's exactly right. There's At the end of the day, the blame goes on us because there's no tyranny without obedience to the tyrant. And, you know, you have someone asked me last night, I probably told you about that book before killing no murder, uh, by Edward Sexby. And I mean, it's a, Oh dude, it's so logically laid out and so powerful. And someone texted me last night and said, uh, Hey, do you have a quotation from the founding fathers about this thing? And I'm like, not that I know of. Um, I said, but they didn't need more than Sidney and Trenchard and Gordon to tell them that, right. That, it- Getting rid of a tyrant was a sacred obligation because if you look around and you're and you say to yourself, oh, there's a lot of wickedness in government. Well, look in a mirror. Don't look at a tyrant because that's what tyrants do. Right. You look in the mirror and say, how did we ever allow this? Well, two things. Education and virtue is what is what Sidney and the founding fathers and Trenchard and Gordon. Once you get people stupid or let's just say ignorant, once you allow yourselves to become ignorant and then once you lose your virtue, then it's done. It's over, yeah. man. It's over. Game over. You can invent a, and John Adams said it. You can invent a million different ways. You can have the people elect their representatives. You can have the greatest constitution. But if that people has lost their virtue, then none of it's going to matter. Right. None of it. And we, and we don't have to look past our own Declaration of Independence because you know it took a virtuous people to 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 put off and to recognize the tyranny that was put in, that that was put upon them, and we just don't recognize it. We we I mean I I think I think eighty percent of Americans today literally don't would would not recognize the tyranny the tyranny that they're under. They may say, oh yeah, taxes are too high, but they wouldn't say we right. don't we shouldn't have taxes. They would say, oh you know what it's it, it's you know. Um, you know, we're, we're probably, we probably shouldn't fight a war in Ukraine or whatever, but they definitely want America to be the, the, the policemen of the world. Yeah. I mean, that's what, I mean, I go and give these speeches. I, I went that week long in Maryland to Virginia giving speeches. And I was at the end, I would always do like a 20, 30 minute Q and a, and I was always genuinely disheartened. When people would say things like, well, I don't see that we've had any freedoms taken from us. Or they would say, would you have us withdraw from the world? Or would you have us not support Israel? And I'm just like, these are people that if I'd asked them coming in, do you support the Constitution being followed 100%? They all would have said yes. But the minute you put to them questions challenging that claim, it falls apart because they don't support it. They have posters or pictures of the founding fathers and they throw quotations on their Facebook page, but they don't agree with those people. It's like uh, Demosthenes or no, it was Isocrates. I think I mentioned it to you before. Isocrates, when he's like, if, and he says, if a person from another country got dropped into Athens right now, the thing that would confuse him most is how we praise our ancestors, but we act nothing like them. 
And I mean, is anything a more apt description of us? If an alien came down here and he looked around and he's like, wow, these Americans, they really, really value their founding fathers. And then he looked at our policies and our laws. He'd say, why? They don't do anything like them, you know? And so that's where we are. We are just like that, you know, sitting there with Isocrates in 300 BC if someone showed up, they'd say, these people praise their ancestors, but behave nothing like them. And so, you know, getting back to the Article 5 thing, the thing I tell people is, look, if you're going to rely on, because Rob Nadelson, for example, says, the people can exercise their power and force their state legislators to call a convention, to, to issue an application for a convention. If we have that kind of power, why haven't we used it all these years? And why haven't we exercised it to elect state legislators that would do as they are already constitutionally authorized to do but and refuse to cooperate with any unconstitutional act of the federal why why don't they do because we don't have that power and because at the end of the day most of us like the stuff man at the end of the day it's like i remember having a speech one time and saying you know think of the things you don't get you don't get you don't get a a, a a subsidized mortgage. Any of you have a VA loan or a USDA loan or a FHA loan? Those things are gone under the Constitution. Any of y'all send your kids to public? Those things are gone under the Constitution. Any of y'all have unemployment? Those things are gone. Social Security gone. Medicaid gone. Medicare gone. All those things are gone. And people are like, whoa, 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 whoa! Pump the brakes. Let's just uh, let's get rid of them Democrats. Pyrrhum. Right. I'm like that. Come on, man. Come on. No, that's dude. That is that is exactly spot on, man. You know, freedom is scary, and and unless we're able to face that fear and 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 be like, okay, you know, I remember uh, my uh, years ago talking to my parents, and and this is back in the Bill Clinton days, and and. Uh, and they said, you know, they, one of them mentioned how my grandparents probably voted for Bill Clinton. I yeah. couldn't believe it. And I was like, why? It's like, well, he, because they're told and worried about their social security. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, if, if that's the attitude, then you're, then man, then we are doomed because then we have no virtue. Well, we have, I mean, but think about it, Mike. I mean, <laughs> we think about how we outsource everything. We outsource the education of our children. For most part, we outsource the raising of our children, right? We outsource intimacy through pornography. We outsource education. We outsource childcare. We outsource the care of our elderly. We outsource everything. Everything that a virtuous person would do himself, we have learned to outsource it. And now we're, we're you know, We've sown all that. We, we've sown all that, and we're reaping. We're reaping the result of that which we have sown. And it's an eternal principle. It's not even a religious principle. It's a bloody natural law principle. Get out there and throw some seeds in the ground, and stuff will grow, even if you don't tend to it. Right? This is, I, I know I had a professor in college. He's like, you realize that people have been planting things in Europe for 5,000 years, but if you grow out, if you go out in any any yard in Europe and throw some seeds out there, that stuff's going to grow. 
you literally it won't it might not be the best it might not be you know as fruitful as it otherwise could if you tended it but you could live and so here we are we've thrown out these seeds we outsource literally everything valuable to human existence and then we wonder how we got here well there's a way back and the way back is virtue which in my opinion requires repentance and faith on the lord jesus christ now others can define it as long it's like that sign when you go into austin texas it ain't when you got here it's that you got here that's what i say about virtue i don't care if you get there through muhammad and allah i don't care if you get there through jehovah i don't care how you get there just get there let's get ourselves back to that and then when we get there let's take a look at what we need to do politically and what we need and then we'll start to have some agreement because we'll see some of these things the way we ought to see them because right now we're so ignorant and so wicked that it's really like um who was it that said um talked about how when you're oh it was plutarch in his essay on anger that we're talking about in book club and you remember right. in Plutarch in that essay he says it's like when your house is on fire and filled with flames and smoke and yep. you can't find your way out right he says yeah. you know that's the way that's the way we are right now with our with the tyranny and with the wickedness our house is on fire and we're just it's filled with smoke and we just can't see our way out and when we can't see our way out that's when charlatans can can come in and propose right. things like the article 5 stuff like and propose things yeah. like you know and we can get snuckered it's easy to get snuckered when you can't see a way out and you got to just believe oh come this way and you'll be safe come that way and you'll be safe and well imagine if imagine if you had passed out in your let's just say your kitchen and but you're you know you're in your kitchen and there's flames and smoke everywhere and you're convinced that the whole house is on fire and someone comes along and says, Hey, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna bulldoze your house. And you're like, Oh, fine, do it. It's on fire. And then you find out it was like one twentieth of your house and it could have been put out with with some water. Right. With the garden. But it's hose. too late. But it's too <laughs> late. And that's what's happening. And I'm not saying that the whole house isn't on fire, but let's let's use let's try to put out some of the fires and see if that helps us get control. Well, and, and, and as you've said, there are tools that we have never used that we ought to try using yeah. first. There are tools we've never used. The COA, the Convention of States people are lying. They are lying. I'm calling them out. They are lying when they say, this is a fact. This is a fact. They're lying about those things and they know it. Okay. Second thing is Article 5 is mostly silent on the process. And if they think that that process is going to be the way they've described it, they've sold it to their supporters, that also is an act of deception because the same government that they rightly call out for being so corrupt for so long, that corruption will persist when it comes to the process of calling and carrying out an Article 5 convention, period. Yeah. Well, and when you, get a, when you get a convention filled with Hillary Clinton's, George Soros's, Gavin Newsom's, when that happens, Honestly, I I will hate to say I told you so because you will they will walk out of there and when that lady across the street says what kind of government did you give us Mr. Newsom? He's not going to respond a republic if you can keep it. He's just going to say what business is it of yours? Right. Yep. 
here's the here's the feces map of the United. You think the feces map of San Francisco is something? Wait till we see the feces map of the United States. Except for certain little, you know. Oh, there'll be pockets that are villages. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) There'll be plenty of Chinese flags and clean streets around Bill Gates's house and Newsom's house and Bill and Billary's house and all of them. They'll be fine. They'll they'll be just fine. But you and me will be issued, you know, we'll be issued identification and entry key cards for whichever particular gulag we've been assigned to live in. But don't worry. Don't worry. We'll have Wi-Fi. We'll have, we'll have plenty of, of food. We'll have um, a, a living wage provided to us, right? Don't worry, citizen. Everything will be fine. And, and you know, so you can sign on to that if you want to. But the, the biggest thing, Mike, and I don't get it, and I just... I mean, I guess I kind of get it because it's the same about everything, but all you got to do is read Article 5 and you instantly discover that they're just making things up. Yeah. Your state legislature, tell me where it says the people have any say. Tell me where it says that the state legislators will choose the delegates. Tell me where it says how many delegates. Tell me any... Tell me any of that. Tell me where it says Congress has no role. Right. Tell me where it says you can limit the convention. You can't. They are making it up. I don't know whether they're making it up to profit, wink, or if they're just making it up because it's their, you know, they're just that ignorant about the Constitution. (laughs) Yeah, somehow I I yeah I, I, yeah, I don't think they're that ignorant. I don't think that I is. think they're that savvy, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I, well, I don't think you pay rent on high rises in Houston on yeah. hopes and dreams. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And and so, you know, a couple and we've, you've mentioned them in this and, and other shows that we've done together. I think it's important for people to, to reiterate, though, you know, some of the tools that we have. Number one, you know nullification, nullification, nullification at every level. You can do that at your own local level. How do you do that? Pull your kid out of school. There's number one. Pull your kid out of school. Then you don't have to worry about any of those, you know, board meetings or anything. Number two, you know, uh, you know, you can, you can encourage, you know, either through uh, voting if, if that's your prerogative or, or some sort of um, uh, influence to influence your state legislature to to stop allowing federal regulations you know i think i think arizona missouri has with the help of the uh 10th amendment center had some legislation on on second amendment stuff that kind of went in the right direction um a few months ago yeah um you know i i don't know where that's sitting right now but i think i you know but those are the kinds of things that we can do on as you said like at a surgical level um right and and mike i mean look i hate I hate saying this because people, I don't like making people feel guilty, but here's the deal, man. If you truly care about forcing the federal beast back inside its constitutional cage, if you really want to improve the status of liberty in your state, ask yourself how many 
legislative sessions you've attended, how many emails you've sent your legislator, how many texts you've sent your legislator, how many times you've done anything this week to move the needle back in that direction, and then compare that with how many times you've watched rubbish TV, how many times you've watched rubbish videos, how many hours you spent scrolling on the bloody social media. Compare those two things, and that will reveal to you your priorities. And it's my contention, Mike, that as we sort out these priorities and genuinely, you know, you say it's like James, right? You know, you say you believe swell. The demons, the devils also believe and tremble. You say you want liberty, swell. Show me your desire for liberty by your works. Just as James says, show me your faith by your works. Show me your desire for liberty by your works. Contact your people, man. Literally light them up. I I light my dudes up, man. Every you they need to know that we're watching and we will hold them accountable and that we're not playing. This isn't some sort of project. And that's and I'll take it back, Mike, and this may sound self-serving, but it I hand to heaven it isn't. The John Birch Society, you go there, you sign up, you join, you get access to tools. Not only if to be, you know, sort of self-guided, you know, you go to their little action thing and you're like, okay, I hate the Federal Reserve, billion tools for that. But you also go to a chapter meeting, dude, you go there and you go consistently, they will have tools for you. Okay, here's a letter for you to send to your state legislator or your federal congressman here, and you'll have these opportunities to actually do something. And it's sort of like training wheels on a bike. Eventually, these acts will become second nature, will become, you'll know how to interact and you can do it on anything you feel important. You don't have to, you don't have to fight everything at once, but pick a hill, man, and charge up it. Yeah. Pick a hill and charge up that hill, man. That's right. And if and you do that consistently, you are not going to affect Congress, dude. Yep, and there and there are plenty of hills to choose from, <laughs> right? You know, that's that's what I that's what's that's what's encouraging. You know, you can think of it as a discouragement as far as like, you know, oh man, there's so you know, there, there's one hill after another after another. But no, we got lots of people, and if yeah. if you're just willing to to run up your little hill, you know, there's other people for the other hills. Yeah, let I mean, if Article Five is your jam, do that. If if the Federal Reserve is your jam, do that. If nullification, do that. If climate change, I'm telling you, man, I, when I did my speeches, I just pulled up the John Birch Society site and I'm like, look at this action thing. Surely one of these things is, is what you want to devote yourself to. And everybody's like, I didn't know we could do that. Dude, you open up the federal reserve site and there's like, blah, 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 blah. So many things for you to work on. And so, and anything, climate change and immigration, if that's your jam, whatever you want to do, there's, there's things in the jump. And that's ultimately why I agreed to to be a full-time employee is because I saw, hey, we are going to either hang separately or hang together. Right. Right. And so let's, let's work together, get some stuff done. Maybe we have to hold our nose about some stuff that we don't like about other people. But dude, once we get the Constitution restored, get some liberties, then we can sit down and worry about hashing out our differences. 
But like, you know, last time I was on, like I said, let's just worry about getting some stuff straightened out first. And then we can worry about the little, you know, it's like when you buy a house, right? You don't refuse to buy a house because the grass is too tall or because there's this or that, um, you know, this, this closet door gets stuck, right? If you like the house, you buy the house and then you start fixing up the little things. Let's do that. We have a house that our ancestors have bequeathed to us. It's a really nice colonial house. We can, let's just fix it up together and then let's, let's buy into the house, yeah. right? Start fixing the big things like the roof and the plumbing and the electricity. And then we can sit down one of these days and say, who gets what room and, you know, all of that, who gets then, to live in the room. And then we have then we have something worthy of defending fiercely, you know, with precisely, right? you know, precisely. And, that, and that's where we got to do, man. Precisely. Hey, I wanted to say, I know we're probably getting close to time and I wanted to remind everybody and remind you that December 7th is the anniversary of the martyrdom of Algernon Sydney. And so like every other December 7th, this December 7th, I'll be having a memorial live via zoom. Um, I will send that link to you and you can send it out to your listeners and I'll be doing the same thing on my uh, my sadly neglected podcast, but I'll be doing that as well uh, and I'll be making videos for the New American and stuff. But via Zoom on December 7th, I will be doing uh, my, gosh, I don't know how many years in a row I've done this now, but many, 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 many years uh, memorial to Colonel Sydney on the anniversary of his martyrdom. And so, yeah, just wanted to make sure Fantastic. you get that in before I, before I forgot. Thank you. To say. No, I think, I think that, that is absolutely important because, you know, w- one of the things of uh, rekindling that spirit is, is reminding ourselves of what, what others before us have done. You know? and, yeah, And I'll give you a little exclusive. There's a better than average chance that, Algernon Sydney's 13th grandnephew will be in attendance live from Algernon Sydney's house. Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah, that just where I'm t- he's Philip Sydney, I'm talking to him, been talking to him. I mean, I've talked to him a lot. We're friends, but I'm trying to get the schedule right, and that's why I didn't tell you a time is because I'm trying to get the time squared away with Philip so live from Penshurst Place, the home of Algernon Sydney. We'll have Algernon Sydney's thirteenth uh, grandnephew live. That's special. That's special, yeah. man. That's cool. Yeah, right there. And so, anyway, we're trying to work that out, and I'm, I'm hopeful that we can. Since we got, but yeah, it's six days from now, December seventh, which December is also 20th. the anniversary of the death of Cicero, and yeah. everybody tends to remember it. You know, it's odd when you start to think about it. December seventh. Is everybody remembers that day as Pearl Harbor, and I always think, was that so we wouldn't ever remember Sydney? You know what I mean? To replace that memory, it's kind of like nobody remembers that now. But anyway, just the, well, we just keep will that in your keep that we in your head. Will. Yeah, December seventh. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it's like last year. I think I had. Well, last year I was dying. Oh, you were dying. Man. <laughs> I, think I think I, I have had, a recording of that somewhere. Oof, don't listen. Oh, that recording sounds like. Darth Vader after a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, pretty man. rough. It's pretty rough. But anyway, this year I'll be all healthy and happy, and I'm preparing my 
presentation and try and we'll yeah it'll be it'll be a great celebration for sure it will be and you know what i just want to say you know thank you again for supporting this little podcast love having you on we'll do it again very soon anytime brother mike is gone you are listening to end if love remains First out of 23 installments requested by Dr. Levitt. Proud of me, Lionshire, as we're taking home and I'm fully organized.